When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. And I don't know how we started on this, but it's uh, 75 percenters out there. Hello to you. Uh, that is your team of Rubik's, Brian. No, just trimmers. Yeah, yeah, trimmers. Oh, trimmers, sorry. So I just threw it out there when I was playing Yuka, and um, we just discussed it, who's a trimmer. Mm. And this is what happened. Um, yep. Just going back on to hair cutting. So while yes. we were 3 a.m. sitting around the table playing Yuka, <laughs> you know, and blokes <laughs> who weren't speaking and just falling off the chairs, <laughs> you know, you, you start chatting about all sorts of things. So there's eight middle-aged men. Mm. We're all... Some are 50, I'm 49. The youngest would have been 40. Oh, Scratchy. Scratchy. I think Scratchy's just turned 40. Scratchy. <laughs> so, <laughs> 75. Please call in Scratchy if you're alive. 75. He listens to the show. Yeah. 75%, I reckon, of the boys. What's that in mm. fractions? Do that. Oh, so, the six. Six out of eight. Yeah. There you go. And I'm not one of the six. Um, admitted to trimming the Rubik's. Really? Yeah. Are you Rubik's trimmers here? Uh, not routine. No, not, but a yeah. ru- not a routinely Rubik's trimmer. No. <laughs> are you well, a Rubik's since trimmer? Since I got the new clip oh, on. He yeah. screams, screams about <laughs> it. Gibbo, you are for sure. <laughs> no, That's I'm your... a new boy. No. Listen, no uh, uh, for the males and females, uh, I want to text through <laughs> 0457 736 736. I want you to send the emoji of scissors yeah. if you're a Rubik's trimmer. <laughs> and if you're not, I want an aubergine. Yeah. I was shocked. Mate, he was a dollar one. He was, yeah, he's a dollar he was one. Robert Triboli yeah. for sure. <laughs> but do you think, like, you know how everyone's getting back into the budgie smuggler? Tony you know, Trim- Trimmer. You don't, I, don't, I don't think you want the sideburns. So I think a few people are embracing the trim now, like, because it's not the boardy era, it's the budgie smugglers. So you don't want that hanging out the sides. No, I So I, I know you don't want hanging out the sides, but. I just didn't think my gang yeah. were Rubik's trimmers. <laughs> and when they started admitting it, and funny things happened Mate, at know, 3 a.m. I'll, I'll, yeah, so I'll back the beast in as a Rubik trimmer. He's a trimmer. Yep. He's a trimmer. So yeah, Sean Trimmons. <laughs> uh, the, the Texan definitely. Trim Dusty. I've got, I've got, I've got the Texan in the, in the trim camp. Hey. I've got the Texan in the trim camp. I don't think he was the, up that stage. Uh, but he'd be a trimmer for sure. Mm. <laughs> Scratchy's a trimmer. They're all, he comes from a long time. You know who's trimmers. not a trimmer? Oh, I'll, tell you here the, we go. I'll tell you who's not <laughs> a trimmer. Western Sinair is a trimmer. You and your man, Youngie. Youngie. No, Youngie's a trimmer. Youngie's a trimmer. Youngie, I'm going to start trimming. Wow. Maybe I yeah. should just hold, pull, and snip oh, yeah. rather than manscape. So <laughs> Wait, you hold, to be a pull. Cut, that's dangerous. Play that. No. Now, listen up. I'm getting grey Rubik's too. Yeah, but listen up. Grey Rubik's are the worst. Listen up. What he's just I found shown. In my tooth. You, you've, you've, you've grabbed your Rubik's <laughs> as if it's about 10 inches long. No. You hold it up like that. Yeah. No, that I'm just trying to exaggerate. Yeah. Just mm. some Yang levels. Oh, mate, we've got a lot of trimmers. 
We've got a lot of trimmers. Mm. Tony Barber all the way. <laughs> Tony Barber. <laughs> oh, that mate, heavy. But I need to know that. Okay, if you're going to text through, Nathan, you've texted through. Joel, you've texted through. You've got to, with your do scissors, just give me your age next to it. Okay. Just so I can Because you do a pie chart, a plot, plot chart. Uh, Sattler and Woogie Matthews, thoughts on those two? Uh, Sattler, definitely. Uh, yeah. Woogie Rats ass. Nah. <laughs> Woogie. Oh, look, rule one. This is uh, from Hatchie from the Heights. Rule one for dating in this age, Fletch, no hair below the shoulders. Ooh. <laughs> you can't have What it. about Shawnee Omrod? Definitely. Definitely trimmer. Mate. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm not certain about that. I reckon if he, the boy from Maui. I, I, I don't he, think Trimmer's a big go out at Maui. He's via Newdown. Yeah. Now in the oh, Shire. that's true. That's true. NRL news update, weekend sport, Monday A-grades and the Mickeys. It is a trade hour thanks to Amir Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PP provider. Tell you who we had on the show last week, Brian, and the listener loved them. Mm. Absolutely loved them. Michelle Bishop debuted oh, yeah, on the, the show. Bish. Mate, they loved her. Yeah. You're Norton Gibbo. Yeah, so on the Saturday morning show, Missile and Michelle, they broadcasted live from Macca's Tugron. Oh, and yeah. And the listeners loved her as well. Yep. Okay. Very knowledgeable, knows about everything. And Good she's energy. Got great energy, finger on the pulse with yep. all the footy stuff as well. And I think she's been in and around the game for a long time. Got a lot of yarns. You might hear more of Michelle in 2024. Call of the week, winner gets a $1,000 Red Smoke Alarm household pack. <laughs> think Red Smoke Alarms. Think 10-year warranty. Think Australian-owned. Think redsmokealarms.com.au. I'm reading out an ad, and as I'm doing that, I'm picturing Brian laughing at a Rubik's I'm, response. I'm just writing it. So, Sean's text through. Sean goes, 63, mad trimmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, everyone, Spud from the Central Coast, Daniel, he's 40. Is yeah. a tri- I know he's not a trimmer. Apologies, Daniel. No scissors required. Mm. A swim teacher that spends 26 weeks, 26 hours a week in chlorine will naturally oh. enhance. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a big go. Oh, chlorine, so... Yep. That's why they've got no hair, the swimmers. Exactly right, yeah. It's, it's a nice little hack there if you've got to spend 26 hours in a pool, though. So they don't have to shave down because the chlorine eats away their skin. No, so mate of, mine, hair. mate of mine was a, um, yeah, he was a swim teacher and he hairless everywhere was in his he? body and his head as well. And he, wa- he, he, wasn't, shaved. he wasn't a trim Allen. Wasn't a trim Allen, no. Okay, boy, boys, I want you to close your eyes here and picture a person. And I reckon we'll all think the same. Picture... Bald-headed swimmer now. Yeah. Yeah. Klim? Klim. Yeah, Trim. His name's Trim. <laughs> oh. Who? Hugel. Jeff Hugel. Did he? Oh, 70, yeah. 75% rule C. We've all gone Klim. <laughs> We've gone Klim. Yeah, Pareto principle. But did did um, Skippy start trimming or shaving his head after he came back? Remember, he, he became a Fadipa. Yeah. <laughs> when he started coming back and when he won the Commonwealth Gold. Yeah, maybe it was uh, down to the hair. That's why. Well, Missile swears by it. He says if you don't shave in the pool, you're wasting your time at that level. Wow. Everything. Well, you can imagine that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to have your say. Boys, just on the background, we've got uh, 10 play up at the moment, and former Raider Luke Bateman is one of the bachelors. I can't remember what position Luke played. Like play. a back rower? Can't remember. You remember Luke Bateman, yeah. Brooksy? Yeah, good. Played in under 20s. And How started. many first grade games are you guessing? I want to say 39. 39. 26. Oh, was he a blonde kid? Nah. No, no. Nah, we'll show you. Show From out, like West Queen, like, well, not West Queensland, but not in the city. He was a country oh, Toowoomba. boy. Toowoomba. Yeah. Toowoomba. He's still only 28. 
71 in a row. Wow, Josh's go. face. Uh, what years did he play? He played um, 15, 16, 17, 18 for Canberra. Can I have a look at his melon? Oh, this, there's no picture here. I'll get you a picture, though. Uh, it's a run over Joel and Fletch. And uh, who would have thought, eh? Who would have thought we would have spent the first hour talking about Sean Trimmins, Rubik's, <laughs> and so it goes on. It's a run over Joel and Fletch. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. We love to catch up with these guys on a Monday. We talk with a sports day crew on this occasion. Sats and Woogie, here they are. Are these boys actually here? Who? Oh, we'd have to wait for them. Oh, what happened? The punctuality's oh. back. That's good to see. Uh, Sattler oh. and Matthews, all thanks to Best Sheds, and they're on the line. Hello, boys. All right. Good Punching s- in for a day, are you, boys? Yeah, and then holidays, aren't we again? All Vegas tomorrow? <laughs> well, that's work. Oh, Boogie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Boogie, yep. I'm going out. We're going over to Vegas just to get um, some content and get the people over there. Yeah. Get some Aussies. Where are you over. staying, Fletch? Are you right in the thick of it? Caesar's Palace. Oh, nice. <laughs> Caesars. Can you get Gordy right? To any Australian ambassador for our great game of rugby mm. league who's over there, if they mentioned to the American audience again around, well, we don't wear shoulder pads and we don't wear helmets, mm. can we cut that out? Yeah. We tried that in Adelaide. This is real footy. Yeah, it goes work. down mm. like a lead balloon. Yeah. Well, Neil, D- Dale Carnegie, what would he say? He wouldn't do that. Lavish <laughs> with praise. Yeah. Don't, don't drag him down. Say, so we love your game. We yeah. just think you're wonderful athletes. It's but a different game. We're a little bit, we're just humble here. We're, yeah. not, we're not as good as you blokes. No. But can we get him? Can we get our players not to call it rugby as well? Did you hear Billy Walters today? Have a listen to this. A lot of people already spotted it and, and, and know it's rugby. Um, yeah. What? I think it's easy easier to just get it out there. I think so. Jordan Mylata said the same thing. He said, "I'm just sick of explaining the two different games, yeah. so we just say rugby." Mm. I reckon we've yeah. got. To, I reckon we've got to re-merchandise it and just call it NRL. NRL. Yeah. Well, everyone else mm. does it. Yeah. But the um, the Australian Rugby Union should be getting on the back of that. Yep. Totally. <laughs> just because confuse them. Well, boys, this yeah, hundred percent. But boys, I reckon that. You know, people who are familiar with rugby, if they're already off it or it hasn't been sold to them as Americans, you, you're sort of giving them something. Whereas if you go in with NRL, they might go, oh, well, what's this? And then they know it's different to mm. rugby. That's my personal view. But I'm with you, you. But we were up and there's eight of us and we're having a chat, playing euchre and uh, yeah. just having a, a, a good time. And the conversation of manscaping came up. So, like, we're all in our 50s now. Some are 51, some are, I'm 49. We had a 40-year-old. 75% of our touring group uh, admitted to uh, <laughs> trimming up. Really? Yeah. So, Sats, are you a trimmer? No. no. I'm a George W. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about what about you, Woogie? I think I'm losing mine naturally. It's just, just coming it in. It, it hasn't changed since I was 18. It's just stayed... The what, same amount. So Brooksy's saying if you're wearing your, your Speedos or your Budgies or your Cozzies, whatever you want to call them, on the inside of the thigh, he likes to trim them up a bit. I'm not saying right on top, right where He's you would sick. say they're Rubik's. <laughs> I would say thigh hair, inner thigh hair. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that sort of Wouldn't it be gear? itchy? I think it's a little bit sexy, like with the inner thigh hair still there. You know, <laughs> well, you're looking at men in Speedos going, oh, I wonder. <laughs> <No, like, laughs> <laughs> speedos are back in now. Of course they are. They're yeah. never out. Yeah. Never, never out in my well, I agree with you, Fletch. They were never out. Never out. Yeah. It's all these... Hey, boys, there's a long list here, and and, mm. and they've all fallen apart at the seams in the second attempt. Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, they had a couple of cracks at it. Yep. Jean-Claude Van Damme, he, he had a crack at the, you know, married twice to the same person, didn't play yep. out. Uh, Pamela Anderson is another one of those. Uh, yeah. Hel- uh, Melanie Griffiths 
Richard mm. Pryor. These marriages never last the first time. That's my point. Well, Elon no. Musk even did it. He got married twice to Tallulah Riley both times. I want to know in the general public, 0457 736 736, has anyone divorced, remarried, and they've kicked on? The same Why person. Why would you make the same, the same mistake twice, Fletch? Well, maybe people change. Larry yeah. King. People mature. That's yes. right. People start trimming their inner thighs and they go, hey, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I can't hey, stop thinking Fletchy, did you play golf at Jack's Point? Oh, oh I did. Go. Sorry, sorry. Paul Hogan, another. Yeah. Sorry, boys. we got the facts here. Eminem, another one. All right, I got it. I got the facts. I'm just pull it out of my little. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez. There you go. Oh, he's an A there grade. Well, she's an A grade. <laughs> here we go, boys. Yep. Dear Jared, <laughs> my ex <laughs> keeps yep. asking me for money. And I can't say no to her because I still love her and I don't want her to go without. She has another boyfriend now. And when I yep. send her cash, the next thing I see in her Instagram posts showing she's doing shots at a night out with her boyfriend. I'm a man of 41. She's 36. She works for our local council and doesn't earn much. I didn't mind paying when we were in a relationship. <laughs> we were together for four years before I ended it because... She cheated. I kept trying to move on, but all the girls I date friends own me. Nobody measures up to my ex. I'll do anything for her, and I know she's taking me for a fool. Dear Jared, what do I do? Can't help. Can't help him. Jared can't help him. I'm gonna no, go can't. To no one can help him. Who writes "Dear Jared" twice in a letter? Mm. <laughs> that's that's what this person does. I don't know. I don't even know his name. He doesn't put a name down. It. Dear Jared, thanks, Jared. What? What's that's all right? Yeah. Can't you address it? Can't you say? No, it can't, doesn't matter. You said "Dear Jared" twice. Can't help. No, him. because it wasn't. It was just a glitch. Oh, right. in the system. <laughs> Let's not. Nah, he's a loser. Can't help. Can't Stop help giving him. her money. Stop giving her money. Stop yeah. giving her money and move on. Unless yeah. she comes over and does shots with you. Oh. Okay. Oh. All right. Oh. Oh, there's another, oh, he's got two. I know this is a different one. Dear Jared, although my sex life with my boyfriend is amazing, I'm really keen on having an open relationship. Oh. I don't know if this is just a fantasy or should be. Is kept. this still him? No, it's a, it's a girl. It's another. All right, it's a double, okay. it's a, I didn't know it was double sided. We've been yep. getting double sided facts. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> I'm getting double sided. I've been, get, I've been getting DF'd. <laughs> Although my oh, sex life God. is a boyfriend, blah, blah blah. I don't know if this is just fantasy or should be kept as one, or whether I should act upon it. I just love the idea. I'm 29, my boyfriend's 36. We've been together for two years. Everything between us is good, and we talk about the future, about getting married one day. But? Our sex life is awesome, and he always tries to satisfy me, but I'm curious about new adventures in our bedroom, and I'd like to try swinging. She will. But I think my boyfriend... She will. (laughs) He's a mad reader. He can read people, even on on double-sided faxes. (laughs) But I don't think my boyfriend would want to share with anyone else. I feel like I'm missing out. There is no way I'd ever want to leave him. And in any case, I may in time discover that that, that lifestyle isn't right for me. Yeah. yeah. I think she's got to sew. Yeah. Well, that's what she's going to do, isn't she? She's, gonna, she's sewing away. Yeah. She's already put out the universe. She's a singer. Yeah. yeah she's, she's a, a sewing machine. <laughs> she's gone. She's out. She's gone. But, um, yeah. Oh, what would uh, I tell you? What Kerry O'Keefe? He doesn't want to talk about rugby league. Well, sorry, Kerry. Today is going to be heavy rugby league. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy or text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six at Joel Fletch Sen is the way to have your say. Coming up later on the show, Iron Man and nine time Cool and Get a Gold winner Ali Day will join us. Sydney Sixers all rounder Tommy Curran, and we look ahead to the upcoming test, which kicks off right on the Sen network. 
here on Thursday. We can't wait for that. NFL tennis, plenty to talk about. We might squeeze Shawnee Omrod in if we can get to him. There's so much to get to and a huge NRL segment, of course. Just before I introduce my next guest, or well, not my next guest, my co-pilot for the rest of the afternoon, the Telegraph and the City Morning Herald both reporting the entire West Tigers board has been dismissed effective immediately. The Chief Executive Justin Pascoe resigning from the club. Barry O'Farrell will become the interim chairman, while Shane Richardson will become the interim chief executive. Now, I do understand Danny Stapleton will remain on the board. That's my information. Uh, but to join me to talk all things rugby league and the West Tigers, Michelle Bishop back in the seat. Hey, Shell. Good afternoon. You had me at chunky and meaty. <laughs> I'm here, I'm back, and I'm ready to roll. And I'm just wondering if we're going to celebrate this afternoon with a 1959 bottle of ben Penfold's Grange. Oh, yeah. Uh, Barry O'Farrell. Yeah, to oh, my that's jokes? right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I, I love Barry. It started well. it's I'm, great. I'm a fan of Barry. Yes. Good bloke. Shane Richardson to join the team. too, because he was there, what, four years yeah. ago? He didn't last the 12 yep. months. Um, he had other commitments. Um, but, you know, look, I, no matter what way you look at this, good, bad, indifferent, I just want the West Tigers to move forward and be a powerful club. If I'm Benji Marshall, I've got to say, I'm tickle pink with this. And I, he would have relationships, as I do, with some of the outgoing board members, but they they needed this. They they needed, you know, an emergency break glass and, and this glass had to be broken and they've done it succinctly and swiftly. To be honest with you, when this review was happening, I was thinking, okay, the feather dust is going to come yeah, out of here. Yeah, I think and... we, I'm with you. I well, you we think the same? I think we all did that they'd sort of, you know, buy a bit of time, smooth it over, yep. let the off season, you know, come back saying we're going to be bigger than better. Uh, bigger and better this year, like they always yep. have. But clearly that hasn't happened. It's been a real shock this afternoon. Look, you know, when you do, when you have a look at some of the individuals, big fan of Lee Hedgepentelis, unfortunately, uh, you know, he's collateral damage out of this. I am a fan of Danny Stapleton's, had a long, long-term long relationship with Danny. I'm, I'm glad that he's still in and around. I think he, uh, you know, be, brings a bit of footy smarts to, to the board as well. Uh, as well as business. Uh, but look, as you, as you say, I'm not a, a passionate West Tiger supporter. I grew up being a, a very passionate Balmain supporter on that hill in the, in the old days. Uh, but it's just sad to see just uh, the, how bad the club has been over a long period of time. So the, not the company, but the group, I suppose, who was sort of leading this, and, and I do love the fact that in many ways, four of the individuals part of this group have, have almost got rid of their own job. Yeah. Uh, the Holman Barnes group, who were the the committee who had conducted the independent mm -hmm. um, research on what's going on at the West Tigers, Tony Andraco, uh, Julia Romero, Dennis Burgess, Rick Wade, mm -hmm. were also part of the West Tigers board. board yep. So with themselves making this decision, they've also cost themselves out of the West Tigers board. So um, well, it kind of tells you that I guess their heart, their mind yeah, is all in the right place, and that, you know, putting the club first. Of course it is. Um, so that's what's happened. It's major news, and for me, as a West Tigers um, invested person, I suppose I, I do think, whilst I feel for the people who, you know, they do put, no matter what you think of anyone attached to rugby league clubs or sporting clubs, they are given their heart and soul quite often for not much. So I do feel for those people outgoing. But at the end of the day, change had to be made. The, the West Tigers have been the laughing stock. For They're, a long time. For too long. For too long. For too long. And, and you can't put all the blame on the board or, you know, even Pasco, Hadji Patelis. You can't do that. But 
it does send a bit of a message. We've got the news at the moment of David Norfolk, which we'll talk about as well. But it is big, big news. Uh, have your say on the text line, 0457 736 736. Call 1300 01 1170. And as I reinforce, I do believe that uh, it's nothing personal to anyone who's on the outgoing side of things, but it just has to happen. It, it had to happen. And you, you think of Shane Richardson and success that's followed him. You think about Barry O'Farrell and what he's achieved in, you know, government and corporate world. It's just, it has to be a good sign, Michelle. And as you say, if you're Benji Marshall right now, um, I guess you're kind of feeling like, wow, this is a clean slate. This is my chance to stamp my authority. It's my first year as as a head coach. Uh, and which obviously brings uh, straight to the top the David Norfoluma situation, which you said that we will address. I think it's a big chance for him to, um, you know, set a standard moving forward. There's no more mucking around. We no. need. They need to. It's not about effort anymore. It's about results. And and West Tigers fans, they deserve it. Well, and and you know what they've done. So if you know everything, that's when you're in trouble. Well, they've gone to independence. I think Tony Crawford might have played a big part. Mm-hmm. Do you know who else was involved in the independent? Um, remember, I think Tony Crawford, who was ex-NRL, he, he had a major part to play with that. But And I think he has a really good relationship with Shane Richardson from yes. his time there. But that's just it. I have to be honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't know. I didn't invest in it because I just thought it was another, here we go. Yeah. We'll just be told this, this and this and it'll buy a bit of time and they'll start the year next year and it'll all be the same old, same old. Yep. And you know who the most prized icon now is? Tony Crawford and co., what about every other every other fan who's not West Tigers at the moment? Michelle, they're sitting there going, hey, Tony, you got a spare couple of months? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to come check our club out? Yeah, what there, are you doing a lot at of the that. end of January? <laughs> yeah, but that's that, that's accountability, right? Yeah. So that, that's what you want in life is to be properly appraised. And he's come in there with the team and they've pulled the trigger in a major, major way. And all ships rise with the tide. This is going to keep happening. I promise you right now that Tony Crawford and co will pick up another gig similar fashion to this and not just in rugby league. Yeah, that they will. And look, just going back onto the West Tigers and their situation, it's those one percenters that we're really keen on. And one of the big things, um, I have a long history with the Balmain Tigers. That's yes. the club I grew up in. Uh, Mum was marketing manager there in the Billy Kane sort of days. Um, Kerry Hemsley is one particular player who says, we're never invited back. We're never involved. It's nothing about the old boys. Um, I know Kerry quite well. Yep. Grew up with him. Uh, he's now he regularly. He's a regular at the Giants and the Swans in the AFL because no one's wanted to know where he is, what he's doing. He's not been a part of that club. So one of the big things is they have to look at is bring the old boys back because it's all about the history and and combine them. I know it's been such an issue with the with the merger. We need to grow up and get over it yep. because there's a lot of good history there. Uh, that we should be, they should be learning from. Tell you, I feel for uh, Joe Cool, uh, Johnny Dorothy. He'd only yeah. been there for ten minutes, so yeah, he, can five ha- minutes. He, he can only take all the blame. Uh, but anyway, that that's not good for him. But mm. terrific fella, uh, Joe Cool. Uh, Lee Hadjin Patelis was on the show this morning with uh, Brandy and the Missile, talking about today's board meeting. Here's what he had to say this morning. Well, there's a lot of misreporting about that, Andrew. I'll, I'll clarify it. There is no West Tigers board meeting tonight. The board meeting that's being held tonight is by the Holman Barnes Group, uh, who are the majority stakeholder, of course, who have commissioned uh, this review. Right. And uh, the report, as I understand it, has been complete, and it will be presented to the Holman Barnes Group tonight. And if that's the case, then it will be a matter for the Holman Barnes Group as to whether 
the report is considered tonight or adopted or whether the recommendations are adopted or whether it's stood over to the new year or not. It's a matter entirely for them. But it's not, it, it, the, the matter has not landed in the West Tigers' lap as yet. Uh, it is still with our, um, our shareholders, uh, the Balmain Group and the, the West Asheville Group. Okay, there you go. Well, it has landed in the lap now, Michelle, uh, some hours on. And Can I um, just say, though, there have been reports that tonight's scheduled club board meeting was understood to have been delayed 24 hours, and that was, of course, to complete the legal documents to allow this new structure to be put in place. Yes. So, so are you suggesting that um, West Tigers in their past would wait for things to become official before it gets out in the public? Can you believe it? <laughs> Is, Is this you... something new? Oh, it's so topical. Um, so just repeating, the entire West Tigers board, Sands, Danny Stapleton, have been dismissed effectively immediately with Chief Executive Justin Pascoe resigning from the club. Barry O'Farrell will become the interim chairman. Shane Richardson will become the interim chief executive. Uh, Lee Hadjima, tell us on 2024 and what the future holds for the Tigers. This is what he had to say this morning. Look, I mean, we fully understand and share the angst and the disappointment that occurred this year and last year, of course. There's no denying that and there's no point in downplaying it whatsoever. But all those that are involved in the club from the board right through to the football department is absolutely, sorry, are absolutely committed to turn things around. And it's been a work in progress, and it has been a work in progress for some time. I mean, looking back over that period, had the mistakes been made, perhaps, in hindsight? But moving forward, we are absolutely committed to the structure that we have put in place now. I personally could not be more impressed with Benji and the coaching structure that he's put together and that the way that the players have responded to Benji over the last month or so. It's been incredible to watch. I've been down to training. I've seen the players. I've spoken to a number of them. And they are all responding to Benji in a very, very positive way. Now, 24 is just around the corner. How will 24 be judged? Now, personally, from my, from my perspective, I'm not going to be judging it by wins and losses, although that's very, very important. It's just effort. I just want to see the effort. And Benji is instilling a certain benchmark and a certain demand of the players. Uh, and it all comes down to effort. And, then, and, and that's the catch cry. And that's what I would like to see. If we see that, that effort continue throughout 24 at the highest level, I'm sure we'll win a lot more games than we lose next year. So, so that's going to be the benchmarking for me. And as I say, uh, ben, Benji's been a revelation. Uh, the way he's assimilated into that role has been effortless. And, and I, I think he's going to be wonderful for those players and wonderful for the club. Yeah, he may be. Uh, Benji Marshall and... Uh, uh... What do you make of those comments, Michelle? Yeah, look, you know, I'm a massive fan of Lee. You know that, Hedgeman, tell us. But I guess speaking from an outsider's perspective and, and not being as passionate about the club, uh, you need results. Benchmarks are wins and losses in this professional organisation. It's not about effort anymore. It's not the under-19s, um, you know, going for their grand final. Uh, you know, it, it's, it is, unfortunately, it is results-driven. And that's uh, there's, there's no other way around that. And, you know, for the last two years, as, as Lee's just said, you know, he's been happy with what's, what, where they've been at with their effort. Um, I, I just, you know, it's frustrating to see someone like Michael Maguire be treated the way he was. Uh, I, I think that he was someone who could have taken the Tigers somewhere but just didn't have uh, the leadership where he needed it. Instead, they sided with players. Um, I hope this, as we move forward now, that this next management, uh, you know, gets it right, can support Benji if, if with with the decisions he he makes, and if Benji's not the man for the job, move on that one too. This is a results-driven business. It's not about effort. And on the results too, and, and this is you're exactly right. The West Tigers have completed 24 seasons, 
24 seasons, how many times have they played in the top eight? Wow. So the top no, eight, yeah. uh, the, but the top eight, right, mm. has been half the competition up mm. until the Dolphins came in last year. Yeah, right. And we're in a salary cap era. So you've got to finish in the top eight. half yep. only of the competition. And you've got rules favoring you with salary cap and whatnot mm. to make that happen. Yeah. In 24 seasons, probability and mathematics say that you should, every club should finish in the top eight 12 times prior to the Dolphins coming in. The West Tigers in 24 seasons have finished top eight three times. Wow, that's, yeah, mind-blowing. You love your stats, don't you? <laughs> yeah, but that, that's a compelling one, right? Yeah, yeah. Three times yeah. in 24 seasons when yeah. probability and mathematics say all the favours come your way, you should be there as a minimum 12 times. Yep. And we've done it three times. And do you know the other thing that really amazes me about, and, and it just goes to show how much of a brilliant product, which we will talk about a little bit later on, rugby league really is, is the passion and the, the loyalty that these West Tigers fans have, have showed. They've remained loyal. They hang on every year um, with everything, thinking, yep. okay, right, we've, we've done that. We're, we're, we're going to get there. This is our year. You hear them and you hear that, they, that there's real belief. Yep. A lot of other clubs, fans don't stick around like that. Like they're not as loyal. No. Have your say too, by the way. If you wish to have your say, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The SEN Network. I don't know if there's a, a, a radio station on the planet who talks more rugby league than what we do. Uh, have your say. Uh, Kerry O'Keefe, I don't think we'll love that too much, but that's fine. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or text 0457 736 Here's one of the big big mistakes. And I, I, I love Tim Sheens. Mm -hmm. But I said to, and I won't embarrass them because they're on the way out, I said to a certain outgoing person, I said, Sheensy has achieved a lot in the game, but mm -hmm. please go through his defensive records. The game is now about defence. Mm -hmm. Sheensy's a great innovator. I would not be signing him as the coach because you need to be led by defence these days. We've seen that with the Panthers, the Roosters, the Storm. That's what wins your competitions. Mm -hmm. But despite me saying that, they couldn't give it rats, and, and they signed him on that. And we see the numbers for the West Tigers the last couple okay, of years Okay, you being a former player, you obviously, you know, again, I always sort of put it out there. Yeah, okay, I've never played the game. I remember having a very similar conversation, just not even on, on the back of um, Tim Sheens and his defence, just on his achievements overseas in the lead-up to yeah. him coming to the West Tigers, and he wasn't the man for the job. Uh, if you did, you know, a little bit of research. Um, big fan of Tim Sheens. You know, I'd be, yeah. he coached my husband at one stage, at, you know, same time as yep. you. Uh, they're back at, you know, the Tigers. And um, a Hall of Fame coach, Michelle. There's oh, no question about that. 100%. 100%. Yeah. But at this time, at that time, he wasn't the right man for the job. And this is what I'm saying to you. We we came up with this big marketing spin that it was, we we're going to revisit the glory days of, was it 2005 with Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall. And this was the next big thing that we're all going to focus on and promise that, you know, now we're going to deliver. Um, and then, what, 12 months in, uh, we're going to talk about him working with Benji and, 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 you know, bringing out the best in Benji. Then that was knocked on the head and Benji yeah. was going to do it all on his own. The West Tigers fans have been promised so much for so long that hopefully today is a line in the sand and they actually start to, to make some moves. Well, I reckon with this independent review, which we don't have the details for, but the first thing that I think about is, and I said this at the time on this very program, is that you become the sum of the average that you hang around most and all ships rise with the tide, right? Yep. So you're leaders in a club. That's why the Melbourne Storm having Slater, Cronk and Smith and your hardest workers are also your your heart, your, your best players. Mm -hmm. Penrith, similarly. You know, you talk, you see in James Fisher-Harris and 
Yo and Cleary and Liam Martin, and you just Dylan Edwards. You just know they're your hardest workers. Mm. Jerome Law, part of that as yeah. well. Well, when you speak to all the elite players that go off into New South Wales or yeah. into Origin Camp or playing for Australia, that's the first thing that, that some of them, you know, the newbies go in and see. They, they It rubs off them. They, they soak up everything the yes. way these elite players prepare. And you you want to hope that they go back to their own clubs and that starts that sort of, you know, yeah. ball happening for them. So my concern at the time, and I was very vocal that I was pro-Madge. And, and yes, the numbers weren't there. But the board at the time decided not to, to, to stay with Madge, a premiership winning coach. He'd won in Super League. He won at South Sydney. Mm-hmm. But the, the leaders at the time weren't happy with the work. And then when you get leaders who aren't in board, like the Panther, Melbourne Storm, Roosters players who had success, mm-hmm. they start to really poison the place, mm-hmm. right? And I go through this, and I'm not necessarily saying these guys... Uh, in fact, I, I, I hear that Joe Offerhand Galway is an, an outstanding trainer, so how we let him go, I'll never know. But... If you go through the leaders at the time for when Madge was sacked, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not saying any or throwing any aspersions towards these players, but fact is fact. Joe Offerhand Galway, who was one of the leaders at the Tigers at the time, yeah. who the club favoured to be with the players and not with the coach, mm-hmm. he's gone to Parramatta. James Tarmo left the club, who was the captain at the time. Jackson Hastings left the club. Luke Brooks has left the club. And we're seeing now David Norfoluma. What's going on with him right now? And I'm thinking, so these are five of the leaders, and I'll, there would be others amongst them, but here's five of the leaders who you as a board backed because, no, we're going to believe them. And you got rid of the bloke who's since gone on to beat Australia by 30, since gone on to get a deal with New South Wales and arguably becomes one of the most sought-after coaches who would walk into a job. So that, to me, was Karma. just a, it was a major mistake, Michelle. It was and it huge. Was, it was a mistake that we shared on this program. Hey, and it was so also, frustrating. Can we also just throw Brett Kamali into that mix? Yeah. I remember being there when uh, Tim Sheens was saying, yep, okay, Madge's gone. This is what this is going to be, and we're going to trial um, – Brett Kamali, yeah. and we, we they threw him into the to the mix of everything. I remember saying to Brett, "You're insane. You're crazy. Yep. You're not going to coach. You're not going to be the head coach. This is this is awful. Like yeah. you're just being thrown into the mix." Um, I, I hit the the lack of respect that they showed for Brett Kamali really irked me as well. And and the comment I'm about to make, I really like these two, and I've said this a number of times, and I've got no doubt that the the people listening to this who I'm about to talk about would take it personal. It's not at all personal no. what I'm about to say. No. Robbie Farrah, who I really, really, really like as a bloke. Benji Marshall, who I really, really, really like as a bloke, right? How does a board, honestly, how do they give a, a, a job to somebody who's never been an assistant coach, then wants to become a general manager, and, and they, they toy with the idea, and Benji, who's never coached a single game in his life prior to, to doing that, being a really skillful coach... Quite often, if you go through some of the most talented players we've ever had, they're quite often not the best coaches because everything came a little bit easy Mm. for them and a little bit different. So again, no matter what I'm saying here, if they're listening to it, they may find this a personal attack. It's not. I really, really like Robbie Farrar. I really, really like Benji Marshall. But the Melbourne Storm and the Roosters and the Panthers... It wouldn't happen. They they don't do that. Mm -hmm. Maybe the assistant coach different, yes. So the Robbie's position is a little bit different. But they just don't do it. And and it's like you start to go, you can't put brains in statues. Like it, it just became very, very frustrating. Welcome back to The Best, The Run Home with Joel and uh, Fletch with Barney in the chair. We caught up with Bozza, the great uh, Mark Bosnich. And, well, the big topic, we spoke Champions League, we spoke Premier League, we spoke West Tigers board, and we spoke, more importantly, Manchester United. What's Pepe Le Pewing? This bloke I just love talking to. 
but you never know where he is. And the pool stage of the UEFA Champions League wraps up tomorrow at 4.55 p.m. Uh, Australian Daylight Savings Time. Every match is exclusive and ad-free, live and on demand. Around the grounds we go. Mark Bosnich. Bozza, how are you, mate? Good afternoon, Joel. Afternoon, Andrew. How are you, mate? Where do we find you this fine afternoon? Uh, on the way to uh, my son's football training out to Daceyville. So we're in the car on the way out there. Um, so he's uh, he's finished his little mini tournament they have. He's only six, and, and they finished their training up uh, on second last training sessions today. Last training is on Friday. So there we go. Tell you what we need to do. Uh, you mm. know, remember that game we used to play on the Commodore 64 called Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? And there'd be a few clues. Yes. I saw this guy who was in this colour car, and he was heading this way, and he said this. We need to do this before the Bozza segments, I reckon, to find out exactly where he is. Uh, Bozza, Champions League this morning, what was the mop-up? Well, the mop-up, uh, unfortunately for Manchester United supporters uh, like myself, was that they didn't qualify. Ooh. And they didn't even qualify coming in third to go into the to drop down to the Europa League. They actually finished fourth by losing to Bayern Munich 1-0 at Old Trafford. And the performance, what to be honest, was okay. Um, but uh, the bottom line is it wasn't really lost this morning. It was lost in the games that they had against Galatasaray in Copenhagen recently. But it's a disaster for Manchester United because any, any well, even football supporter who saw that group at the beginning, without no disrespect to Galatasaray and Copenhagen, who have done absolutely fantastic, Copenhagen's qualified for their first knockout stage, only second one of all time, but their first one since 2010. Anyone would have said, you know, that should be Bayern Munich and Manchester United, no problem whatsoever. But the woes continue for Eric Ten Hag and his men. And, they, you know, the, the challenges do not get any easier. They play Liverpool away on Sunday, and that will be without quite a few of their players, including Bruno Fernandes. And after last night, it looks like Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw won't play as well. So some very big decisions to be made um, by the new uh, 25% stakeholder, Sir, Sir Jim Radcliffe, who's... Uh, bought into the club on the condition that he gets control of the football department. So the big question is going to be, as with any business, when new people come in, is he going to stick with Ten Hag? Or is he going to basically say, well, look, listen, we're going to go a different direction. I think a great indicator will be in January when the transfer window opens, will they back him in terms of the funds? If they do, then I think that they've got plans for him long term. If they don't, then it could be well be said that the writing's on the wall. The one thing that will dictate pretty much immediately wherever he goes or he stays. If he continues to lose game after game after game, uh, there will be no decision to make. He'll have to go. Hey, Bozo, if you had to backtrack, right, what was the defining point yep. where you just thought once upon a time Manchester United were always going to be this absolute global powerhouse and then it's just seemingly well and truly lost that same gloss? What would you put it down to? Does it coincide with Sir Alex Ferguson? Was there a player who left... What do you specifically pinpoint it to? I, I definitely think it coincides with Sir Alex Ferguson retiring, but I think the Malays begin a little bit earlier. I think it, it has to be said that when the Glazers took over and they took on a, a massive debt, I think that that was a mistake from the previous owner, the Edwards Martin Edwards family, uh, to allow that to occur. And Manchester United are arguably the biggest sporting brand in the whole world, and I don't really think that you should allow anyone to buy that brand servicing so much debt. I mean, in the, in the early, I mean, they're still paying a lot of interest on the debt that they have at the club. 
but in the early years, it was something in the range of 80, like 85, 90 million pounds a year, just in interest alone. Now, there'll be a lot of finance people out there who will be saying, well, well, that's okay for a club of Manchester United statue. Yes, but you've got to understand in football, that money can be used to go and buy top players. Now, the, the Malays, since this Sir Alex Ferguson, has been gradual. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think there's no coincidence. And this is why I'm really reluctant for them to sack Ten Hag pretty much every two or three years since, since Ferguson's retired. They've come up with a new manager. Yeah. And the whole thing has to change. I mean, and if, if we look at the example of, say, Liverpool, I mean, Klopp, in his first season, I think, finished eighth. Then he had two fourth-place finishes. Then he started to really challenge. Mikel Arteta, who's now manager of Arsenal, you know, first two seasons, eighth, eighth. Okay, he did win an FA Cup, that must be said. Then fifth. Then last season, second. So, the, it, you know, I would love to see them, you know, you know, basically stand faster in the situation, stick by the manager. But like I said, it becomes so hard, Joel, as you know, mm. in any sport, regardless of it's football, whatever, regardless of the, if somebody keeps losing, keeps losing, keeps losing, unfortunately for the for managers all around the world, it's much easier to change them than it is to change the whole footballing team. Do you think maybe they're a victim of their history of success in the sense that they've built up a supporter base that just expects success and don't have the patience for the the rebuild phase that perhaps they need. Oh well, yes, and I mean yes and no. I mean the Halcyon days uh, when they were the first English team to ever win the European Cup, now called the Champions League, uh, in in the late 60s. You know when they had you know the, the late uh, Sir Bobby Charlton, George Best, Dennis Law, and then after that they suffered a period in the 70s when they were actually relegated to the second division. So it's kind of happened before, but you know they've always been an absolutely massive club, and. You know, it was Liverpool for 20 years who had that success. That they dipped off for quite some. They didn't win the title then for, for, for over 20 years. And Manchester United are sort of heading in that direction. I mean, things do come and go in football. People just think that, you know, because there's no salary cap and because of the money, things are constant. It, it, it is a constant battle. I mean, even Manchester City right now, regardless of the backing that they've got, are going through a poor period. But it just goes to show, like I said, although money can shorten the odds, in terms of your chances of winning and winning major trophies. They don't guarantee it in our sport. And the, the thing is that people who are detractors from Eric Ten Hag will point to us and say, he has been given money to spend. But as I made the point this morning to the boys on the show, you know, they were interested for Harry Kane, who ended up going to Bayern Munich. You actually set up the goal today uh, for Kingsley Coman. The top players in the top ilk, okay, so when it was my turn to leave and I wanted to go to a club where I, I wanted to win major trophies, Manchester United is the top of my list. For the top players now, Manchester United are not the top of their list because they know at best at the moment, it looks as though they might win a, a cup competition, a, a league cup, an FA cup, but they're not going to win the, one of the big ones, a European trophy, Champions League or a title. And that looks the case for the foreseeable future. Okay, on to the Premier League, boys. Tottenham bounce back, but they've had a tricky month or so. Uh, Villa are flying. Go Villa. Yeah. Go Aston Villa. You know, I must say... Uh, the only other, there was only two other times uh, that I've known to be feeling like this at Aston Villa, uh, and I was involved both times, especially back in the inaugural Premier League season of 1992-93. And we played Manchester United at home and beat them 1-0, and that was just before Christmas. And I thought, well, we've got a real opportunity here. We had some really experienced players who had won the title before, the likes of Kevin Richardson, Ray Halton, Steve Staunton, Dean Saunders, some really good Paul McGrath, some really top players. We ended up having a title race with Manchester United and Norwich, funny, but, uh, funny or not. Uh, or believe it or not, and ended up finishing second. The other time was in 98-99, where we went unbeaten for the first, I think it was like about 
15, 16 games. But deep down in that 98, 99, you just didn't have the same feeling as we had in 92, 93 that we could really win it. And they're a real opportunity. They beat Manchester City during the week. They beat Arsenal on the weekend. Uh, they've got a fantastic manager. They've got a very good spine of the side. And, you know, at home, they've just broken their home Premier League record of consecutive win. They, that win against Arsenal on the weekend was their 15th consecutive home win in the Premier League, which is which has broken a record. And, you know, they're in the Conference League, which is the third-tier European competition, which they can afford to, Joel, mm. play their second-string side up until it gets to serious times around the last eight or so, which is an advantage because, you know, when games are coming thick and fast, it's all right when things are going well, but if they're not, it's amazing how many players all of a sudden pick up ailments or bruises or whatever and they don't want to play. So, um, you know, so far as I'm concerned, this is going to be one of the most open title races there's been in a, in a long time. And Aston Villa are definitely a contender.